You're listening to a podcast of Red Sea Church, a community of faith in Portland, Oregon, where our mission is to draw to Christ, develop in community, and deploy into culture. I appreciate Lonnie reading that. Um, I thought it would come across better from a nice feminine voice. Because it's a, it's a hard passage, you know, it's a hard truth to receive from God. Um, what we're doing here is working through the book of James as a, as a church. Or we're finishing up chapter 3 and starting chapter 4. And uh, so I'm glad you guys are, are here with us, hanging out, and uh, coming into God's house this morning. Um, I hope everyone got a handout here. It has the scripture passage on the front, and then on the back you have some questions um, that we ask you to take home and to ask these uh, in your personal time this week and really to reread the word and reflect on it and, and ask what is this truth that God is trying to tell you. So uh, Russell's in the back here. He has these. If you would like one, just raise your hand and we can come by and, and bring you one. Um, we actually hired the actor from the video to hand out the, the little ha- pamphlets today. Uh, so good job, man. Way to, way to step up in there. Uh, before we just jump into it, I, I want us to pray once again and, uh, and just uh, ask a blessing on God's Word and His truths and the openness of our hearts because we're going to talk about a, a really difficult topic today of, of repentance ultimately and repentance of arrogance and of pride and all the things that we're very easily prone to. So I would invite you guys to pray with me. Uh, Father, uh, we believe that your truth is, is sharp and it pierces to, uh, to the soul and it shows our, our heart's true intentions. And so we ask uh, in this time that that's what you would do. Of all of us in this room, of the, the, the leader and the visitor, um, the attender, Father, that you would open up our hearts to see our desires. Um, and uh, if they're not in line with you, uh, then that makes us an enemy of yours. Uh, and that's, that's the hard reality, Father. So we need you to come in and change our hearts. We need you to open our minds to the truth of your word. Thank you that... Um, for uh, where there's grace, uh, Father, you are there extending it to us all the time to come back into your arms. And pray we would do that in this place today. We ask this in your son's name. Amen. So what James is going to do here is he is going to continue on the theme of last week, which he addressed issues, he addressed leadership specifically last week in the issue of the tongue, if you guys are with us. And although James doesn't specifically point out leaders at the beginning of this passage, the idea is, is probably something that's going to be more prone to leadership. And the, and the key concept here is arrogance, uh, is there's people, there's an entitlement to what you think that you, do, you get out of the church or out of life or out of community. And a lot of times, as you guys have experienced, the, the people at the top are a lot of times the most prone to that particular sin of arrogance, right? Um, and so he's going to address the, those particular people, the ones that are trying to lead, because they're the ones saying, hey, I'm, I'm wise, look at me. And he's saying, hang on, it's not about you just saying that you're wise. Let's look at your life. Let's look at what you're producing outside of, of, your, of your speech, and uh, what's the overflow? And does that actually look like wisdom? If not, then you're not wise. You need to stop claiming to be wise and you don't need to be, don't need to be leading. So that's, that's the hard reality of where we are. It's going to be a good time of self-examination for us to, to look in, inside and say, man, God, what are, you, what are you challenging me to do here? And so he just starts off asking a question in verse 11. Who are you, as, um, who are you among you as wise? And he says, you'll know this by your good conduct 
uh, and, the, and your meekness of, of wisdom. Now, in some of your Bibles, it's going to say good life. Your translation, if you have an NIV, it probably says good life. And we like, we like to associate that term good with prosperity. And so what this isn't saying is that the, you'll know that you're wise because you have a prosperous life. And we know that's not what the Scripture teaches. But a lot of times that's a very prominent thought in our culture today, that if you're successful, then you're also wise. So we're going to elevate you and put you in positions of leadership and society inside of, inside of the church, and those people make the worst leaders. He's saying, no, it's not about your prosperous life. It's about your good deeds. That's what that translation would be. So who among you is wise? Look at their life. You'll see it in their good deeds, and those good deeds will be shown through meekness, of wisdom. And once again, meekness is not a big term that we like to associate ourselves with. We like pride. We like power. That's what I want. I want the pride of wisdom, the power of wisdom. I don't want the meekness of wisdom, but meekness is huge in God's kingdom. Those, the people that are willing to humble themselves and be meek, those are the ones that he will exalt. Those are the ones that that he, wants, that he wants to lead. And so when we, when we look at people that are going to lead inside of this church, uh, one of the things that we're going to look at is, is, are you leading yourself well? We have a saying called the five spheres of leadership. And Roy says this is something that he introduced to us. If it's new to you, I would encourage you to write it down. The five spheres of leadership are lead yourself, lead the people close to you, lead the people combined with you, lead the crowds around you, and lead leaders. And a lot of times, especially in the church, a lot of people come and they want to lead leaders. Like they, they come and they say, I am wise. I have something to say. I have a theology. I have a solid doctrine. I have a solid orthodoxy and orthopraxy. And look at all of this that I know. You, I deserve to be a leader. And that's not, James is going to say the opposite here. He's going to actually lay out, here's what wisdom looks like. And if you're not willing to do it at the first stage in leading yourself, if when we look into your life or when you look into my life, this isn't just one way, when you look into Josh's life, if I am not leading myself well, and you'll know that by my actions, then I have no business leading you. And that's the hard reality of we're going to have to grasp this. And then after we work through this, it's going to be a really cool time of just coming back to God and, and humbly submitting ourselves to him is what James is going to get us to do here. And so James is going to lay out the two opposite lives here. This is what a life of meekness and wisdom looks like. And then here's what a life of, of the opposite of humility looks like. And he says that starting here in, uh, in, verse, in verse 15. I'm sorry, in verse 14. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast or be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes from above, but it's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every evil and vile practice. And so humility comes in a couple of different forms here. The first step in humility is you, being, is you humbling yourselves to the truth of God's word. Of saying, God, I, I can read your word and, and, and I, I, I submit myself to it. The second step in humility is actually doing the word, right? And then the third step in humility is that will be shown through peace in your relationships with one another and in your relationships with this church. So as you make choices in life that you're saying, God, I'm humbly submitting after you, you can walk yourself through that process. Okay, here's something God is calling me to do. Am I first getting this from God's word? 
is, is this something that, that God's truth is telling me for? And then the outcome of this, is this creating peace in my relationships? Is this creating peace in the church? Or the opposite of that is uh, the opposite of, of humility is the, is the unwillingness to learn and the refusal to yield. So the bitter envy and the jealousy, jealous and the selfish ambition that will result, result is disorder. So for James, humility is yielding of oneself and ready teachability and responsiveness to God's word, resulting in a good and unselfish life of peace with other, with other people. Wow. Is, is that your life? Is that mine? Because when I look at this and I see, let's, like, the, the bitter envy and selfish amb- ambition, let's just break down those. So the words there for bitter envy, uh, the word for bitter is picross, and it's actually the, a harsh stance of demanding to be recognized as wise instead of willing to learn. And then the noun is zealous or envy, reveals the motivation is jealousy. Then the second noun there is erythria, selfish ambition, and that exposes the sinful desire for personal glory. So when I was studying through this this week, I read those. I read bitter envy and selfish ambition. And you know what I realized? Those things come very naturally to me. They do because I'm, I'm broken and I'm sinful, right? Like when I start looking at the, at the motivation behind a lot of things that I do, I am the center of the universe, you guys just all revolve around me. It's amazing. Like I'm there and all of life is focused toward me. And that's my sinful condition. That's my brokenness. I'm born into a world that way where I'm very self-centered and all of my actions are being sinfully influenced by my brokenness. And so if I want to know God and I want to know what he's ca- the life that he's calling me to live, if I know, believe he's calling me to walk wisely with him, but I also know that I have a tendency to sin, Right? I'm going to have to lean very heavily on allowing other people to speak truth into my life. So this is what Paul's calling people to. He's like, if you want to be wise, you need to know God and you need to hear from God very clearly. And I'm like, I'm trying. Like, I'm real, God, I'm trying to hear from you because I want to walk obediently in you, but I'm sinful. I'm constantly prone to make choices that are very self-fulfilling, that have me at the center. And so what I need to do is I need to look toward other people to speak into my life. And this is something that I think is really big and really crucial for us. If we're going to continue to grow an authentic faith, if we're going to be real as a church, we have to drop this whole, it's just between me and God thing. Because that's something that's very prevalent inside of the church today. That, you know, my relationship, the choices that I make, the direction that I'm going is between me and God. And that is not biblical. I've, I've had to go through this as, as I've had to lead and say, okay, God, it's just me and you. We're going to do this together. And then as I look back, it's this awful, messy path of sin and all this stuff. And I'm like, why didn't I just allow other people to speak into this into the circumstance? Why didn't I, why wasn't I open to other people speaking truth into my life? Why wasn't I open to people that had leadership over me speaking truth into, into what I'm doing? Why, don't, why am I so dogmatic about just doing what I, what I want to do? It's because you're not being humble. You're being arrogant. And so what, is, what does that look like? Well, it's, it's like being in home community together as a group, we have a gifting together, and so we allow other people to use their gifting to speak truth into our life. As when we're making decisions in life, we're asking them to speak truth into us. Uh, even in this church, is, is asking the leadership to speak into this circumstance that I'm going through, this difficulty that I'm going through, and saying, hey guys, will you, 
will you help me out with this? As, as eldership, we do this a lot in the church. Is if, you're, if you're new to our church, we don't have one person at the top. We don't have any one person in this church that has more authority over anyone else. We will believe in a plurality. And that's because each of us are very sinful as leaders. So we need one another. I lean very heavily on Royce and his gifting to speak into my life and to bring truth. I lean on, I lean on Billy and we have to do it back and forth with one another. I lead on you guys as my home community leaders to speak truth into my life. Is when you see that, are you willing to, to, to speak? Because I'm very, I'm very prone to, to wander, toward, wander toward sin. And when I do that, when I do find myself being filled with, with bitter jealousy, when, I, when I'm like, God, I, I deserve this. I want this. I'm going to get this thing. Well, then the Scripture says that, you know, that's, that's worldliness. That's actually from Satan. And the thing about God is if you push him hard enough, he will give you the thing that you want just to teach you a lesson. Right? I mean, you guys have experienced that. I want this, God. I deserve this. I deserve this. I deserve this. And he's like, you know, okay, fine. You can have it. I, I know it's not good for you. It's not my best for you. But it's because you're being arrogant and you're not willing to submit yourself. Sure, go be miserable. And then my grace is always extended to you to come back. Like, I've seen that in my life. Like, I've seen just a, a pattern of myself doing that, and it's bitter and it's ugly. Um, and so the opposite of that, the opposite of, of bitter envy and selfish ambition, James walks through here at the end of verse 3. He says, but the wisdom from above is pure, peaceable, gentle. It's open to reason, full of mercy, good fruits, impartial and sincere. It's a harvest of righteousness. It's sown in peace by those who make peace. Not as much on that one, you know? Like when I start looking on the choices that I'm making, and this is a, this is a really cool, cool question to ask yourself is, is, um, is, say you get into a conflict inside of the church, um, a good self-examining question is, what personal desire am I trying to protect or gain in this? Right? Because what we're going to see in a minute is our stubbornness to continue to press forward against God starts to create conflict in our lives and starts to create fighting inside of the church. And so it's always good when we see a fight starting to happen in a relationship, whether it be in your marriage or here in our, our, our church family, what is the personal desire that I am trying to, uh, to protect or to gain here? Because that doesn't match up with godly wisdom here. It's, it's not reasonable. It's not full of mercy. It's not impartial. It's not sincere. It's not submissive. Oh, man, I hate that word. I hate submissive. You know, that I'm having to, having to let other people speak into my life and speak truth. That's something that I'm not, that I'm not very prone to and, and, that, and that I want to fight against. And so James is going to start here. He's saying, hey, if, you want to, if you're going to be stubborn, if you're not going to be wise, not only is there going to be bitter jealousy and selfish ambition produced out of that, but look what else is going to be produced in chapter 4. What causes quarrels and fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire, you do not have, you murder, you covet. You cannot obtain, so you fight, quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Wow. It's a, this is a good time to stop and say, okay, self-examination. 
So I had a choice that I needed to make. Right now, I'll give you our choice that we're having to make right now. We're trying to decide to buy a home. Uh, so we're having to walk wisely in doing that. I talked about it last week. Um, so last, this past Wednesday, we had an inspection of the home. It's, a, it's an old home here in, in, in Cathedral Park. We had the inspection done on the home, and the inspection did not come back good. Um, there was uh, foundational issues on the front porch. Uh, the roof has got like two years left. Uh, if there was an earthquake, half the house would fall off, basically, is what it came down to. And that was, a, that was hard for me. Because this is something that I really, really want, that, that I've, been, I've been trying for for years to do, that, that, you know, I've wanted to move out to St. John's for years, and so we've been looking and looking and praying, and finally we felt that God was saying, okay, now it's time to do this. Let's move forward with this process. And so it's a mortgage broker and a real estate agent, and you start to look at homes, and you find a home, and you fall in love with it, and you see yourself raising your family there and, and, and living life with your neighbors there and doing all the things that, that you've always wanted to do, right? This this whole American dream thing. And then it doesn't start working out right. Like there's a, there's a conflict. Maybe something doesn't work out. Maybe it, it's not like you thought it was. What do you do in that circumstance? Do you humbly submit yourself to God or do you press forward and say, I don't care what happens. I'm going to do this because I want it and I deserve it. And God, you said that I could have this. Like, as we're walking through this, it was such a good reality for me and Jamie to step back. And, and at first it was hard. We were really disappointed in the home. And the home may work out. I'm not saying that it's not above God to create um, correct foundational issues. I mean, it could come back and the, the seller could just do this, all these repairs to the home. And, and we could be able to move, which would be an ama- truly would be an act of God if he decided to, to do that in that way. But I had to come to the reality this week that I may not get that. And that's okay. You know, that it's wood, hay, and stubble, right? It's not of this world. I mean, it's not of, it's not of God's kingdom. It's something of this world, that, that, but it's something that I think that I own. And that's that particular issue that James is going to hit here. You think that you deserve something, and that's your passions warring within you. And you're going to fight about it, and you're going to quarrel about it. And that's what I was talking to Jamie. Is we, it's funny because we're trying to buy this home, and we're walking through this, and I start to see us, I start to get snippy at my wife. Like, she's the voice of reason in our home. And she, <laughs> laughing, you guys have that too? As she's like, well, you know, like, this isn't really good about it, and this isn't really good about it, this isn't really good about it. I'm like, I know that. Like, you don't have to tell me that. Like, I know what's going on here. Like, I can, I can read. Like, I see the inspection. I see the pictures. I know it's not good. And I start to fight, and I start to quarrel because I want it. And I can't have it. And so I'm going to take all you down with me. You know, I mean, that's, that's my sinful response. That's what I do. That's the reality the reality of my brokenness. But the thing is, and here's, here's that, that reality. When I start to do that, when I start to, to start being entitled to things, then I'm going to become an adulterous people. I'm going to become an enemy of God. Right? And I don't want to be there. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be God's enemy. I want to walk step and step. But in order for me to walk with God, I have to continually uh, submit myself to his will, to his truth, to others speaking into my life, to, uh, to walking humbly, uh, walking humbly in, in this thing. So, um, so the conclusion for us is that our fights reveal our wrong relationship with God, which is manifest in our prayer lives. Either we do not pray because we do not trust God's grace, or we pray with the wrong motives because we do not follow God purely. Maybe you don't have because you're asking with the wrong motives. 
And God, out of his grace, isn't giving it to you because he knows it's not good for you. He knows it's not the best for you. And so instead of us finding ourselves fighting amongst one another, which look at some of the fights we've had. I would say 90% of the fights that we've had in this church as a family have been over issues of entitlement. It's somebody says, I deserve this. And, and then that's, this whole thing is, is spawned out of that, that one issue of, of, of entitlement. And when you're doing that, when you're fighting and you're quarreling amongst one another, you're also fighting and quarreling against God. And so this is an incredible time for us to, to identify that sin and then to repent of that sin. And I'm not just talking about Christians here. Uh, it's pointing toward leadership. It's pointing toward all of us. But um, let's say plenty of you guys in this room may not, you know, call yourself a follower of Christ, right? Maybe you're just checking this whole thing out, checking out Christianity. I want you to examine your life. Examine the choices that you are making and what's being produced out of those choices. And then line it up with this. Is it, is it, is it wisdom? Is there, is there joy? Is there peace being produced out of your actions? Or is there quarreling and fighting? That's not something that's just unique to Christians. And if, if quarreling and fighting is, is what's being produced out of that, do you really want to continue going down that path? Do you really want to continue producing that? Instead, today, in our time in a little bit, you can actually offer your life to God. Is you can say, God, look at, look at this mess that I've made of my life. Look at all of, all of these things that I've produced. And, and, it's, and it's awful. It's this, it's this ugly path of, of me hurting other people, of me sinning against them, of me sinning against you. God, I just offer that to you. I offer my life to you, and I want you to replace that with your will and with your truth and with your teaching. Because as we continue reading, it says that God yearns jealously over the spirit that is made to dwell within you. God desires to be in relationship. He desires to be united. He doesn't want to be apart from you because of the sin that's in your life. He wants to be close to you. He created you unique and special, and he wants to take that mess that you've created of your life, and he wants to form it and shape it into this beautiful creation, and he wants you to live life that he intended on this planet. But you know where that whole process starts at? And this is not a popular theme. It starts with repentance. It starts with you submitting yourself to God and saying, God, I've made a mess of it. I'm, I'm sinning. I, I need to repent to you, and I need you to get me back in a right relationship with you. So what does repentance look like? James is going to walk us through it here, starting in 6. He says, but God gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he, will draw, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. So what we're going to do is we're actually going to practice doing this. We're not going to practice. We're actually going to do it. So we've set up four stations in this room. They're in the four corners of the room here. And what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk you guys through each one of these because these are specific acts of repentance that James is saying this will bring you closer to God. And one of those, we'll start right over here, is the act of actually washing yourself before God, of washing, washing, symbolically washing away your sins. So what we have is... A, a bowl of water here and a towel. And then we have Isaiah 1, verse 15 through 16. And what it says is, you spread out your hands 
when you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make, my, make many plans, I will not listen, because your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes, and cease to do evil. And so maybe this morning for you, it's just, it's just you realizing the, the sin in your life, of, of realizing some of your evil, evil deeds, and you just need to come and just symbolically say, God, I don't want that anymore. I want to be made pure. I want to be washed I want you to come in and make me whole and renew me today. Forgive me my sin. And then we have the, the bread here that you can actually take. So as an individual, as a couple, as a home community, if you guys want to do this together, I encourage you, you can come to this station and you can actually do that. Over here, what we have is actually resisting the devil. And this is one of the things that James says is key to getting the sin out of your life is, is just telling Satan that he has no in your life. He will not reign. He will not lead you to sin. And what we have on this podium is what's called a warfare prayer. And a warfare prayer is just a specific prayer that you say to Satan that basically states, get the hell out of my life. Like you have no power. And it's a killer prayer. It's a long prayer, but it's really awesome. So if you aren't really sure what to say, but you see Satan having power in your life, come to this podium, actually pray that prayer to God. Once again, we have communion here. And at each of the tables, we have our, our passage of James here just to read over and just to, just to reflect. I'm going to cause you guys to, to turn around and look. And then we've got two more stations back here in the back of the room. Now, these are a little more intense back here. They're a little more personal. That's why we put them in the back of the room. We have a station for reconciliation, and we have a station for humility. And in humility, what we have is we have a Bible, and it's opened up to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 34. And that is an intense passage to read to God, because in reality it basically puts you in your place. It just acknowledges where you are and where God is. And so we put a rug out here. If you want to kneel, if you want to read this verse, if you want to lay prostrate before the Lord and just say, hey God, I, I humbly submit myself to you and I repent of the sentence in my life. And then take, take communion. And then the last one over here, this is where James kind of ends the passage at the end of chapter 4. He says in verse 11, um, do not speak evil against one another, brothers. One who speaks evil against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? And so what we have here is we have Matthew uh, 7 verses 1 through 5, which is that whole get the speck out of your eye before you start pulling it out of other people's. Remember that one? That's a fun one. And, uh, and then we have our, our passage here in James. And maybe you just need to come to this table and, and just say, Father, I realize that, that I've been judging people. Maybe in my, in my relationship with my wife, I've been judging. Uh, there's sin there. Um, Father, maybe in this church, I've been judging and I've caused fights and quarrels here. And so to come and to read and to, to take the, the bread, to maybe even do it with the person that you've been quarreling against. And then we actually have two chairs sitting here. If you guys wanted to maybe sit down and to talk and to pray together, to take communion together. Or perhaps the person that you're fighting against isn't here. And you just need to come and sit. And first, talk to God before you go to that person. Because that's what James asks us to do here. 
Yeah, he says before, before you go and, 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 and talk to that person, you need to talk to God because you're not only sinning against them, you're actually sinning against the law because you're placing yourself in the place of judge and you're sinning against me because I am the true judge. And so maybe you just need to go to God and just to, to, to repent of that. So what we're asking you guys to do is you don't have to do all four of these. Just pick one. And, uh, and just go to that one. This may take us a little while as a church. That's okay. Repentance does. Um, but uh, go to one of these. We have plenty of time today. As you guys know, I'm not the long, long, long-winded communicator. Uh, so I tend to get in and get out. Um, and so it gives us plenty of time to let the scriptures speak to us and for us to examine our hearts and then for us to go to one of these stations, take the bread together, do some business with God. And have, have some exa- self-examination of your motives and what's been produced out of your wisdom. And then ask God to lead and Him to direct and Him to give you a new identity and a new direction. So let's pray together. Ask God just to break us and to confess. And then we'll, we'll actually practice doing this as a family. Father, I need you to speak, Lord God. Um, I'm not the, the most eloquent of speakers. And so I need you to speak into our hearts now, Father. I need you to examine uh, my heart. And I need you to show me the evil desires. I need you to show me the selfishness that's been my motivation. Because I'm, I'm seeing some bad choices that I'm making, Father. We are seeing bad choices. And, and we want to walk with you, God. We want you to be the thing that's leading us and that's guiding us. But I still have this sinfulness inside of my heart. So, Father, we come before you now and we just repent of the sin that's in our life. Father, I know that's not a popular message, but that is so essential to your word and to your truth and to being in unity with you is acknowledging my fallenness and acknowledging that I, I do have sin in my life. And without you, God, I, I am nothing. And Father, we come before you humbly submitting ourselves to you, asking you to use us, asking you to give us an authentic faith, to change us, that from that that aspect of humility and repentance, you would come in and and you would begin to do a work inside of us. And you would begin to use us inside of St. John's to reach our neighbors. And use us inside of the city at our places of employment and with our family, Father. I ask that you come in here and that you do this. Hear our prayers, Father. We know that when your son prayed, he talked about that aspect of repentance. He talked about forgiving one another. And we know that is such a key element into being with you and to being in a right relationship with you. So we sing now, Father, hear our voices, hear our prayers as we call out to you and we ask you to make us new. And Father, I know that you're going to be there. I know that you're going to give grace, that you yearn to be in relationship with us. And we look forward to the the good fruit that's going to be produced out of being with you and being united with you. We ask this in your son's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Red Sea Church. If you would like more information about Red Sea, including more audio messages, please go to our website at www.redseachurch.org. If you would like to contact Red Sea, you can email us at info at